What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actress Brie Larson and the movies Candyman and Duel. First, let's talk about Brie Larson. Before you knew the name Brie Larson, you probably saw her in a movie. She had supporting roles in Noah Baumbach's Greenberg with Ben Stiller, Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, both in 2010, Lord and Miller's 21 Jump Street in 2011 with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's directorial debut, Don John, in 2013. All really good movies. Larson's first leading role was in 2013's Short Term 12, and what's special about this movie is not only is it great, but almost everyone involved has gone on to huge success afterwards. Director Daniel Destin Cretton has gone on to make Just Mercy in a Marvel film and Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Larson, two years later, went on to win Best Actress at the Oscars for The Room. Rami Malek won Best Actor for the Oscars for Bohemian Rhapsody. Lakeith Stanfield went on to star in Atlanta and got nominated for a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Judas and the Black Messiah and Caitlin Deaver has done amazing work in the Netflix miniseries Unbelievable and the Hulu miniseries Dope Sick. Let's talk about Larson winning for The Room. I think it's a good not great movie but do feel like Larson gave an Oscar worthy performance in it. For a lot of people her winning has become divisive especially because she won over Kate Blanchett and Carol and Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn two beloved performances. So by 27 years old, Brie Larson is an Oscar winner. She has unlimited amount of choices when it comes to movies she can star in and what are the movies she chooses, the one most modern movie stars choose, blockbusters. First in 2017, she starred in Kong Skull Island with Tom Hiddleston, Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman, and John C. Riley. The movie for what it is is fine. In 2019, after making a brief appearance in Avengers Infinity War as the character Captain Marvel. She got her own Marvel movie, Captain Marvel, which for me is one of, if not the most disappointing Marvel film to date. It doesn't feel true to any of the people who made it. It doesn't feel like an Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck movie and the pair previously made Half Nelson and Mississippi Grind movies I loved. And I found Larson dull as the character. Bowden and Fleck and Larson were known for their indie sensibilities and this movie just destroyed those sensibilities, which was the thing that made these people special and well-known in the first place. The other thing about it is the character of Captain Marvel is not interesting at all. It's confusing how powerful she is. I find these characters that have no weaknesses to be boring. It's why I'm not the biggest Superman fan. I also thought how Captain Marvel tried to recreate the 90s was super lazy. Just having a blockbuster in your film does not make you feel like it's 1990. Marvel once made stars out of Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, but have had a negative impact on Larson's career. Yes, the movie she was in made a ton of money, but it's largely been ignored since. No one is excited for her future as this character. Ironically, Larson was a bigger star before Marvel. And what's sad is this blockbuster stage of her career is ongoing. She will be reprising her role as Captain Marvel in The Marvels, and Larson has joined the cast of Fast 10. This is most certainly not what I 
want from Larson. I want more movies like Short Term 12 and not films filled with CGI. What I want from her is to take more risk with her acting roles. I do have faith in her as an actress that she'll go back to giving great performances. She's too good not to. She needs to get back to working with great filmmakers on smaller, more intimate films. She's too good of an actress to be a part of the Fast and Furious franchise. My favorite Brie Larson performance is in Short Term 12. This is the movie she should have gotten her first Oscar nomination for. Still, not enough people have seen the film. It's far and away Larson's best work, and it's the type of challenging role she thrives on, especially earlier in her career between this and The Room. Larson was trying and succeeding at being a serious, dramatic actress. Now I have no idea if that's what she wants to do. I also think there's a way you can do big blockbuster movies and still do good quality films at the same time. Just look at Charlize Theron. She is in these big blockbusters. She's part of the Fast and Furious franchise, but she's also in movies like Atomic Blonde that are studio movies that are really good. My problem with Brie Larson is also the studio movies she's doing are really bad. Captain Marvel, no good. Kong Skull Island, below average. It's like if you're gonna make a blockbuster, make it a high-quality blockbuster. The most underrated Brie Larson performance comes in the crime comedy Free Fire. In it, she co-stars with Killian Murphy, and the two have excellent chemistry. The movie is a lot of fun and reminds me a bit of Quentin Tarantino's first movie, Reservoir Dogs. Nothing is better than a movie about a crime gone wrong. The best year of Larson's career is 2013. She gave her first leading role in Short Term 12 and gave supporting performances in Don John and Jane Ponsoldt's The Spectacular Now with Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. I love everything about that movie. Many people are down on the career of Brie Larson these days from her choices in movies to her really bad car commercials. Fairly or not, I think she's viewed as a little bit of a sellout. Again, I have a lot of faith that she's going to get her career back on track. She's too good of an actress and she also is a movie star. I just want her to pick the right kind of movies to star in. Here's a list of noteworthy performances given by Brie Larson. Greenberg, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, 21 Jump Street, Don John, Short Term 12, The Spectacular Now, Room, and Free Fire. My hope for Brie Larson is the best is yet to come. The beginning of her career was filled with really good movies directed by really good filmmakers. Noah Baumbach, Edgar Wright, Lord and Miller. Like, get back to working with those kind of directors. I would love to see Brie Larson in the last Quentin Tarantino movie. I would love to see her work with Steven Spielberg. I would love to see her work with Paul Thomas Anderson. Just work with a great director. I'm really just hoping for the day that Brie Larson gets cast in a movie that gets me super excited. There is also the slim possibility that she gets better playing the role of Captain Marvel. I mean, there was a time where we were all down on Chris Hemsworth as Thor, and then Thor Ragnarok happened, but I don't see that happening with Larson. I think she needs to go back to working in indie movies with really good directors. The real problem with Larson is she went to Marvel seeking movie stardom, and she already had it. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Candyman. Here's a quick synopsis. Chicago artist Anthony McCoy is doing a piece on the legend of Candyman, a killer who will appear if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror. The film stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen, Tiana Harris, Nathan Stewart-Jarrett, and Coleman Domingo. Standout performances. In the last few years, Yahya 
Abdul Mateen has made a name for himself with supporting roles in 2017's The Greatest Showman, Aquaman in 2018, Us in 2019, and The Trial of the Chicago 7 in 2020. He was also in the HBO series Watchmen, where he won an Emmy, and this past year he took over the role of Morpheus from Lawrence Fishburne in Matrix Resurrections. And with Candyman, he's given his first leading role and delivers a movie star performance. This guy is the real deal. At first, he's just an artist looking for attention, and by the end of the movie, he learns more about his upbringing. Coleman Domingo has quickly become my favorite supporting actor. He's brilliant in everything, from HBO's Euphoria as Rue's mentor, to If Beale Street Could Talk, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He's become great at playing a character you think you can trust, but then turns in an instant. He did so in Zola and in Candyman. He can go from a calming presence to twisted in a flash super convincingly. Yaya Abdul-Mateen will next appear in Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom where he will reprise his role of the villainous Black Manta and Coleman Domingo will next star in a remake of The Color Purple with Taraji P. Henson and Corey Hawkins and Rustin with Chris Rock and Glenn Turman. Candyman is the second film from director Nia DaCosta. Her first was the super impressive Little Woods in indie starring Lily James and Tessa Thompson. With Candyman, she makes the jump to horror and does so well. It's a scary movie with substance, which is what I'm looking for when it comes to standout horror movies. I think it's easy to scare the audience. It's more difficult to make a horror about a meaningful subject matter. DaCosta's next film is The Marvels, the sequel to Captain Marvel starring Brie Larson and Tiana Harris, who is also in Candyman. One of two things will happen when an indie director makes a Marvel movie. The first is that Marvel will let the indie filmmaker make the movie that they want to make and keep those indie filmmaker sensibilities, or the second one, the indie filmmaker will feel lost and it won't feel like their movie. And I hope that doesn't happen in Nia DaCosta on the Marvels. I hope the movie is true to her as a director because she really is a fantastic filmmaker. It needs to be said that the movie Candyman was produced and co-written by Jordan Peele, the current master of horror with a mix of social commentary. He directed Get Out and Us, two of the best modern horror films around. And his third film as a director, Nope, is coming out this summer and it stars Daniel Kaluuya, who of course starred in Get Out, Kiki Palmer, and Steven Yeun. His films have become events. Like I said, this movie Candyman is more about just scaring you. It's about serious topics such as gentrification and police brutality. And I've heard the criticism that a film with a 90-minute runtime doesn't have enough space to explore such topics. And I get it. But I also thought the movie was able to not only effectively speak on those topics, but also explore what being an artist is like. Was the movie groundbreaking or say anything that hasn't already been said? No. But neither do most films. Most movie genres today are not as successful as they used to be at the box office. One of the few exceptions is horror films. Horror films are doing better at the box office now more than ever. The original 1992 Candyman made over $25 
million at the box office, while this one made over $77 million and would have made more if it had not come out during a pandemic. My point is the horror genre is thriving, and I think a large part of that has to do with the filmmakers involved, filmmakers like Nia DaCosta and Jordan Peele. And with those filmmakers, you get great actors like Yaya Abdul-Mateen, who was in not only Candyman, but also in Jordan Peele's Us and Coleman Domingo. Overall, Candyman is absolutely what I wanted it to be, a great showcase for Mateen and Domingo, and a horror film that touches on a significant subject matter. Let's switch gears one final time and talk about the movie Duel. Here's a quick synopsis. In the future, a woman named Sarah is told she is dying. She signs up for a program to be replaced by a clone, and then out of nowhere she recovers, and her and the clone must battle to the death to decide who will live Sarah's life. The film stars Karen Gillan, Balua Kowale, and Aaron Paul. Standout performances. Karen Gillan is best known for her work in studio franchise movies like Guardians of the Galaxy. Her character Nebula played a pivotal role in both Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and the Jumanji movies. Her last few projects have been a bit of a disappointment. Gunpowder Milkshake is an action movie misfire and The Bubble, directed by Judd Apatow, is arguably the worst movie of the year so far. In Duel, she's playing dual roles, pun intended. She really commits to the odd tone of the movie. This is what I really want to see from Gillen moving forward. I really believe she has the potential to be a major movie star, and the path to that is working on really good movies directed by unique directors. I also find it really funny that she's funnier in this movie than she is in The Bubble. The Bubble is supposed to be a satire. It is the most unfunny movie of 2022. It is trying way too hard to be funny. The other problem I had with The Bubble is its lazy humor. It's trying to comment on everything like celebrity culture, COVID, and TikTok. Duel is clever and isn't trying hard. I was first impressed with actor Balua Kowale after seeing him in the movie Thank You for Your Service with Miles Teller where he plays a soldier suffering from a serious injury. The funniest scenes in this film, Duel, are the ones between Gillen and Kowale. There's one hilarious scene where he asks her, what are you up to tonight? And she responds, I'm in the hospital. Both are brilliantly hilarious in this scene. That's the type of humor I want in my movie. Subtle humor, not the in-your-face humor that Gillen was trying to do in the bubble. Gillen is set to reprise her role of Nebula in both Thor for Love and Thunder and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And Kowalye is next going to be in the movie Next Goal Wins with Michael Fassbender and Elizabeth Moss, directed by Taika Waititi. I loved director Riley Stern's last film, The Art of Self-Defense, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Imogen Poots, and Alessandro Nivola. It's a terrific satire, and this movie, Duel, shares a lot of the same tone. The humor is all in the dialogue, and now each and every character says the words with a straight face. I think you either fall in love with the tone of a Stern's movie, or you take it literally and don't understand it at all. He's an absurdist filmmaker. This is what happens when a writer-director commits to a signature tone. Look at Wes Anderson and Taika Waititi. These are directors that people either love or hate. There is no in-between. And it's the exact same way with Stearns. And that's good for Stearns' career because he'll get a loyal fan base. There will be people who really click with his tone, but it's bad in that he'll also turn some people off. This movie reminds me of The Double, a film starring Jesse 
Eisenberg and Mia Wojcikowska. The Double and Duel are both films that are futuristic and have weird comedic sensibilities, and both of their leading actors are playing multiple characters, which is a great showcase for an actor. Jesse Eisenberg is great in The Double, and in Duel, Gillen is fantastic, and this was a bit of a risk for her because she's in each and every scene and every moment of this film. If her performance doesn't work, neither does the movie. I think it's really interesting to point out that Jesse Eisenberg was attached to be in this movie duel and he was all time good in Stern's last film, The Art of Self-Defense. I was really excited to see the two of them reunite. I have no idea who Eisenberg was going to play. I would have loved to see him play the Aaron Paul character. Like, I just didn't like that character in this movie. There's a really weird scene with him and a dog. Like, it's just an odd scene. Aaron Paul, I am a fan of his. I do love him in Breaking Bad. I also love him in the movie Smashed. He just felt kind of miscast for this movie, and he didn't fit the tone of the movie well. And selfishly, I just want to see Eisenberg work with Stearns more. I thought those two were the perfect fit, and that's what that kind of director really needs. He needs to work with the same actors over and over again, because they get the tones. That's why Wes Anderson works with Bill Murray all the time. That's why he works with a lot of the same actors. I'd love to see a Riley Stearns film that stars both Karen Gillan and Jesse Eisenberg, and we almost got that in Duel. I hope his next one has both of those actors. Another thing I loved about the film is it's not what it obviously feels like it should be like. When you read a movie with the title Duel, you think you're going to get an action-packed movie, and that's kind of what I was expecting, but that's not what it is at all. It's really a sci-fi comedy character piece. Overall, Duel is a movie that I really enjoyed, but would understand if someone else didn't. The tone is very strange, the humor isn't for everyone, but if it clicks like it did for me, it really clicks. Riley Stearns is definitely a director you want to pay attention to. He's got a distinct tone. He's on the way to auteur status, and the ending is extremely bleak and fitting for this kind of a movie. Earlier I was talking about Brie Larson, and now I'm talking about Karen Gillan, and I think the difference is, when I first saw Karen Gillan in Guardians of the Galaxy, in the Jumanji movies, I had no idea who she was. Brie Larson was already super well known when doing the Marvel movies. I think that's the difference. I think actors who are not well known should be starring in those Marvel movies. I think it works out really well for them. Like Simu Liu with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. He used that and now he's starring in the Barbie movie with Greta Gerwig. That's how you should use the Marvel movies to get famous. The problem? Brie Larson was already famous. Marvel should be a launching pad for people to get success, not the other way around. Larson was already successful. Karen Gillan needed Marvel and Jumanji to do movies like Duel. Sebastian Stan needed Marvel to do a movie like Fresh to star in Pam and Tommy. He needed that Marvel fame. In the future, I think that's what Marvel should be used for. As much as I love Oscar Isaac in Moon Knight, I don't think he should be a part of the Marvel Universe. Like Mahershala Ali as Blade, I don't think he needs that. Mahershala Ali is a two-time Oscar winner. Marvel should be used to launch your movie star career. Not to go if you are already a movie star. And I think Brie Larson should be the poster child for that. She was a bigger movie star before Marvel. Yes, Captain Marvel made a ton of money, but 
nobody cares about her future as that character. People care about Karen Gillan and they're giving her all these opportunities to star in movies like Duel because they saw her in Jumanji and they saw her in Guardians of the Galaxy films. Overall, Marvel has worked out far better for actors trying to make a name for themselves than already well-known established movie stars and I don't think you can debate that fact. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday. I highly recommend you go back and watch the work of Brie Larson and check out the movies Candyman and Duel. Next week on the podcast, it's a big one. I'm talking about the movie Top Gun Maverick starring Tom Cruise and Miles Teller directed by Joseph Kaczynski. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.